Beth Johnson is a co-founder of Speak Up for Women. She's been on the FSU Free Speech Union podcast before, but there's been a lot of developments uh, on this particular file. Beth, welcome again to the Free Speech Union podcast. Hi, Jordan. Thanks very much for having me back on. So a lot of our listeners might not necessarily receive the updates, or the excellent updates, I should say, from the Free Speech <laughs> Union uh, and be up to, up to speed, but certainly the media haven't uh, uh, haven't uh, followed this issue as closely as as we would have liked. So a lot of New Zealanders will simply be aware of the issues you had in relation to that billboard that was mm. taken down, what, about six weeks, eight, eight weeks ago now? Uh, I think it was, it was in July. Oh, so was it was, the okay. End? Yeah. Wow, that long ago. ago. Okay. Yeah. And um, maybe just take us back through what was the billboard and why was it so controversial? Yeah, well, why was it so controversial is an excellent question. Um, The billboard contained only the dictionary definition of the word woman. So according to Oxford Dictionary, the um, woman is a noun, um, which is an adult human female. So we put that woman, noun, adult human female on a billboard, and the only other text was a link a, uh, URL speakupforwoman.nz, and that was that was pulled down from I, I recall um, uh, wandering to work. I was in Wellington, and it being pulled down the following day. Mm. Uh, what happened there? Did you get to the bottom of it? Yes. Um, so what happened was uh, so this is a, a big political um, struggle that's happening behind the scenes so uh, there's a bill before parliament we can talk a bit more about that in a minute but there's a bill before parliament submissions just closed yesterday that will essentially redefine the word woman in law Uh, at the moment everybody's common understanding and the dictionary's understanding is that a woman is an adult human female this law would say a woman is anyone who says they're a woman by self-declaration so the reason we put that billboard up was to make the general public go, oh, what's the dictionary definition of woman doing up there? And then come to our website and find out about this bill. Um, Obviously, our political opponents uh, have a vested interest in the bill passing uh, without any scrutiny. And so they uh, complained to the media owner. Uh, They bullied advertisers who subsequently put pressure on the media owner um, to uh, pull down the billboard. This is the billboard company, yep. The billboard company, Go Media, um, New Zealand-owned, you know, billboard company, um, and so they were really, you know, blindsided and, and really bullied into pulling this down. Um, the complainants called it a transphobic dog whistle, um, that uh, you know was targeted to harass um, the transgender community. Um, we absolutely, of course, refute that. Um, it was purely to draw people's awareness to the fact that the word woman was going to be redefined in law and that New Zealanders weren't aware of that. And that has huge impacts on women's rights, which is a whole other episode. Mm. Um, but we had legitimate reasons for wanting to um, raise awareness around um, that issue. So um, as well as the media owner actually pulling down the billboard, um, 34 people complained to the Advertising Standards Authority. Well, alleging it was transphobic and and, and hateful and... <laughs> Um, yes. violent and that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, um, you know, the media obviously covered the fact that the billboard had been pulled down, as they do. They picked up, you know, tweets of people saying this was transphobic hate speech. There was mm. a lot of talk about hate speech at the time and, and a lot of coverage about it coming down. There was not one single piece of coverage, not one single mention 
uh, of the fact that two weeks later the advertising standards authorities threw out the complaint and ruled that there was uh, nothing wrong with the billboards. And as you know, the Free Speech Union doesn't take a particular view on on your bill. Mm. I'm sure that uh, among our tens of thousands of supporters or registered supporters, there'd be people on on both sides. Mm. Uh, like all things in politics, you know, reasonable minds can differ. Um, but we were staggered that what is something as inoffensive as a dictionary definition, or even if it's offensive to a small group of people, that they can wield so much power to the extent of, you know, tearing down billboards. So you got the ASA back and then Mm -hmm. the update in the last few days, which is why we're obviously having you on here, is what's happened with NZME. Bring us up to speed on that. Right. So um, because obviously uh, this bill was coming up for um, consultation, uh, we were running a public awareness campaign Again, not one single uh, media outlet in New Zealand covered the fact that this hugely controversial bill was open for public submissions. So redefining the concept of, of woman in law. Um, and it was unusual, wasn't it? Because it's on a select committee, uh, had submissions on the bill. This is this, These particular things that you've got concerns with, that was an SOP, so done very late in the legislative process. Right. And unusually it went back to the select committee for public submissions yep. is it yeah that, that's right so what happened was it was a completely uncontroversial bill that was just going to be digitalizing births and deaths um, and marriage records so people could access and request those those records online so it was just bringing a, a, a bill into the 21st century uncontroversial but then after the first reading after public consultation the select committee inserted six self-identification clauses which would say which say that um Rather than the current uh, process, which requires medical evidence going to the family court for a declaration to change your birth certificate, this sex self-identification concept just says, sign a statutory declaration, get a new birth certificate saying that you were born female. Um, And, of course, our concern is that that impacts um, access and eligibility to all female um, services. So... um, we raised a massive concern back in 2018 and Tracy Martin actually threw out the bill at the time because she said, hey, this process is flawed. That's major fundamental legal issues that um, Crown Law identified for her when she was alerted to this sneaky process of inserting the clause. So uh, fast forward two years, um, Labour majority government, uh, they dust off the bill and just start ramming it through again. Um, and that's, that's what happened. But they acknowledged Crown Law's um, some of Crown Law's concerns um, that had been undemocratic because um, the public hadn't been able to consult on these sex self-identification clauses. So they're just taking that that's SOP. Those clauses have gone to public consultation. So we've had um, so they announced it like two days after lockdown was announced. Uh, so of course oh, not. No. Yep, yeah, so not one. No wonder you've been there. so busy. No media covered it. No one even knew about it, and we had two and a half weeks of public consultation you know libraries are closed people can't access computers people can't get to the post office like this is but that's a whole nother issue so yes we've been busy um and the reason um that um the thing with the herald kicked off just to bring it back to your question is that um because the advertising standards authority have cleared our adult human female ad um and we know it's really impactful in terms of grabbing people's yeah. attention and well, it's, a, it's a green light you got the green light we got the green light to run the ad, and the ad is effective because people are like, why are you taking out a massive ad to tell us what a woman is? Like, we all know. Um, so we took those ads out in um, 
papers throughout the South Island, the Allied Press, who own the Otago Daily Times. Uh, we also booked uh, a whole bunch of ads in NZME-owned community papers, including um, the Bay Talks of Plenty Bay Today, Times. New Zealand Herald, yep. Yeah, Manawatu Standard, like, there's heaps of them. And... Um, the New Zealand Herald, I dealt nicely with their sales manager and then at the 11th hour um, when we were just about to make the payment, she came back and said, oh, um, you know, senior management just want to have a, a look at this. And I thought, oh, okay, here we go. And then they came back and um, their Murray, what's his name, someone, their editor anyway, wrote to me and said, hey, you know, we're, we're not happy with um, your ad as it stands. We think it's inflammatory. So the Herald thinks that adult human female Dictionary definition is inflammatory. Um, There'll be so, a lot of listeners stunned with that. Uh, yeah, our paper, our paper, our paper of record, and probably, I mean, we'd probably expect that of stuff, but the Herald tend to be more middle of the road. It's shocking. I mean, we. It's just so ideological. And we, we sent them the Advertising Standards Authority decision. We sent them the High Court uh, ruling um, that we spoke on your podcast about previously. Um, this was where um, this is where the court specifically said you're not a hate group or no, there's no justification to call uh, uh, to, to call your arguments hateful, isn't it? Yeah, it could not, not be rationally considered a hate, a hate group, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we are, absolutely are not. We're legitimately advocating for the retention of women's rights and we're saying just keep the law the way it is. So um, when I um, went back to NZME, uh, we sent them the court judgment, we sent them the Advertising Standards Authority decision, uh, we explained to them that there was a bill before Parliament and that this was advocacy advertising uh, and that it was you know really important to raise awareness. Um, their lawyers came back, pushed back, we went back, pushed back. It went on for about a week, uh, back and forth. Um, eventually, we agreed um, that we would run the ad, but with a slight change to the call to action to make it clear that it was about a current bill before Parliament and not just a general um, advertisement. Um, so we made those changes and I was passed back to the sales representative and we booked and um, secured um, the placements. And then... The Otago Daily Times received a handful of complaints about the ads that had run in their newspaper. And they, what advertising standards complaint or online complaint? No, just just um, people who. So there was one Twitter complaint, and a few people wrote to the editor of the Otago Daily Times about the exact same ad that had been running there earlier that week. Um, and so the Otago Daily Times published. Uh, message from the editor addressing the complaints and saying that, um, you know, they stood behind the ads because the Advertising Standards Authority had cleared them and that they took no... Good on them. Yep. Yeah, more or less, more or less good on them. I mean, they did say, you know, we in no way agree with the message. Um, so they okay. didn't exactly... Yeah. Didn't take I mean, a neutral they, position, but they, they, yeah. This is what I find incredible in this. Um, uh, uh, among one of the people that uh, that wrote to the... We'll, we'll come to this, but a former editor of the NBR, uh, who I know, I used to, I used to work with in, on another um, another organisation, but he was the founding editor of the NBR, and I saw his note to the editor of the Herald that basically said, look, we used to pride ourselves in ignoring and in, in, in having a different editorial view to our advertisers. And... That that yeah. this is a, that I see this as a reputational issue f uh, for the newspaper, and he's so right. That's exactly yeah. what newspapers used to think. Yeah, I mean, would they not run ads for the New Conservatives or 
um, you know, I can't think of who's more extreme on the left than the Greens, probably no one. But um, Well, Social Credit. I mean, Social oh, yeah. Credit had full-page ads right through yeah. the last lockdown yeah. and, and good on them. I mean, the irony is I think that they've won, but, um, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's democracy, right? Like, of course. If you're not breaching any, you know, laws or, you know, we're not intending to offend. We want to debate this bill. Um, and, and of course, you're in a political democracy where you are, where you often um, even hyperbole or shocking. Not that I think your ad is shocking. No, but of course you're going to want to deliver the message that gets gets it across. The best cut through in, the, in a very short. But but the fact of the matter is, I honestly, having been in this debate for three years around this bill, do not believe there is any way that we could express our opinion sex matters and sometimes it matters more than gender identity. I don't believe we could express that in any way that our political opponents would find acceptable and wouldn't call transphobic and wouldn't complain about because I've tried, I've tried to express it in so many different ways and there's just no, there's no way to make it acceptable. So yeah, the NZME have definitely taken an ideological political stance so we, on this. We, yeah, we, we didn't actually, I, I cut you off. So yeah. they they, they pulled it as a result of these complaints or the, the, these complaints to the ODT. Yeah, so they saw the ODT's response and um, I think it was News Hub picked up um, the the story and called our ads despicable um, because some bloke on Twitter had said they were despicable and so in, News Hub ran that as a headline. The guy had like 400 followers. Um, he looked like a child. Um, but anyway, so that was a news story. And then um, NZME's lawyer um, wrote to us that very same day saying, um, you know, we didn't like the, this ad. We thought, you know, we didn't want the definition of woman. Um, and uh, now the backlash against the Otago Daily Times has, you know, vindicated our concern. And we are... Um, Back- backlash and in, um, in, in quote marks, presumably. <laughs> you know, the... I mean, yes, and so they and so they said that they were not going to um, honour our contract, um, and they were reneging on the on the deal, um, and they were pulling the ads, and they would not be entering into further correspondence with us. Okay. Yeah. So we, that's where we picked where we picked it up, mm. and because obviously this didn't get any atten- uh, 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 attention it it deserved, mm. but we asked our people yesterday. We brought them up to speed on the situation um, with what the Herald um, powers at B had said or NZME powers at B. And we asked our 40-odd thousand supporters to drop a line to the Herald or to NZME and tell them what they thought. And we've had a little bit of, um, uh, including from our own members, um, lively debate, including ironically on the Twitter uh, about whether it is our role as a free speech union to do that. Because, mm. of course, at the end of the day, NZME is a private company and there's no, you know, right of free speech does not extend to that, you know, right to a, to a platform when it's a private media company. Mm. But to counter that, and we've discussed this on the, on the Free Speech Union Council quite a bit, that to counter that, free speech is a cultural issue. Mm. As much as it is a legal issue, and I appreciate that for free speech, um, for sorry, for speak up for women, we've obviously assisted you in battling on the legal front, and mm. I think definitely taking the law forward. Mm. But in the same way as the Twitter mob can complain to the Herald to pull, why can't we complain to the Herald to stand up for freedom of speech or to not be so arrogant? as to assume 
that a loud few speak for the many and I, I, without expressing whether you've got majority support on your side or not. Don't, that, 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 that's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of, I mean, I guess my question is, because we've been thinking about this quite a lot at the Free Speech Union, is how do we stiffen the resolve or stiffen the spine of organisations like NZME? I think it's a new cultural phenomenon that we're dealing with because before the internet, people would have expressed their disapproval by a few letters to the company and they would have been more or less private between the two correspondents. Um, And now, of course, it's on social media. And so companies see maybe even like five or ten angry social media messages um, and they panic and they think that this is representative of how people are feeling um, and they react and they react sometimes really poorly in the case of NZME. Well, do you think it's more the the fear of of the News Hub situation where News Hub pick up and amplify those few messages? Absolutely. I I think that... um, it's absolutely that. They, the MZME made it really clear that they were scared about the PR um, damage to their brand. They're, they're the ones that buy the ink and barrels. <laughs> Shouldn't be worried about that. You know, the, the, the crazy thing is, right, that the media have had three years to fairly cover our opposition to this bill. And had they done that, that they wouldn't have to be pulling our ads. They would have our ad revenue in their pocket because they would understand the issues and other the, their readers would understand the issues. But instead, they have absolutely taken an ideological position and all the media have from day one on this issue, um, not covered it fairly, and, and then take offence and get surprised when people complain about the fact that we're trying to raise awareness of it. I'm not sure it's ideological. I mean, I, I say that from... Uh, from the point of view of having acted uh, for some clients, I can think I probably can't go into detail there. But in my in my mm. day job at the at the taxpayers union, mm. uh, we have had trouble running ads. Basically, if they're particularly aggressive and against the government, mm. which to be frank, a, a lot of ours are, um, mm. uh, no matter which government it is. Mm. And it, I don't think it's ideological. I think it's just this fear of of any sort of controversy which is what a i mean that sort of aggressive message or or cut, or cut through is what what democracy um requires i mean it's a little bit like when we had the censor on when stephen franks interviewed the censor on um this podcast about a year ago and the censor was talking about how you know some images are so shocking yeah. they shouldn't be out there but stephen could rattle off well what about the infamous picture of the Vietnamese girl that had been burned with napalm? Mm. It is shocking. Mm. Shocking images are, are what changes people's minds mm. and uh, and public opinion. Mm, yeah, the um, men dying of AIDS was another image. Yeah, you know the, the, the guys dying in hospital of AIDS. They were horrific images, but that really brought home the crisis to people. What was happening? And and similarly on um, on police brutality and things like that. that yeah. Things it, that perfectly fitted in with what the censor was describing of shocking and we needed to be protected from yeah. were actually essential yeah. uh, uh, for any sort of, of change or holding the establishment to account. Or yeah, we don't need account. to be protected from, from the truth. Exactly. That's, that's terrifying. 
uh, maybe warn us so we can protect our children, but don't don't treat us like children. And the last one, the thing that only this has only happened yesterday is Met Service putting out a tweet apologising yes. for carrying uh, the same ad, which on a different slightly different style from Google Ad Platform. Mm. Um, the statement said, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We can only apologise that this appeared on the Met Service platform. So Met Service's uh, website runs Google Ads. Uh, quote, when we were made aware of this advert appearing on our platform, we immediately contacted our programmatic advertising team to ensure they blocked this content from appearing on our site. It was blocked with haste. However, it can take some time for blocks to come through, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I've sort of a bit of time, spent a bit of time on this now. Yeah. And Met Service actually block all advocacy advertising. Okay, fair enough. Yes, fair well, enough. What's a government agency apologising yeah. for running an ad yeah. that is perfectly legal? Yes. As if that any sort of, that, that I mean, Met Service, and the reason they don't run advocacy advertising is to uh, ensure the appearance of political neutrality. How is it politically neutral, or how do you guys feel that a government publicly funded agency is apologising for having had your ads on its website? The way that reads and the way it is posted on social media in response to people calling these ads transphobic and bigoted and horrible, it reads as a direct apology for the content of our ads and it is the implication is that our ads are inappropriate. So um, I, I I actually ex- I accept the fact that Met Service doesn't run political ads. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but if that's their rule, that's their rule, that's fine. Um, but them to apologise and to imply through that apology, and they actually use the phrase, this type of content. Yeah. Now, if they were referring to advocacy content, they should just say, it's our policy not to run advocacy content we usually block all advocacy ads through Google. You know, this one must have slipped. We'll, we'll make that change and we're sorry. Fine. But the way it was worded and in the, and the way it was replied to people made it sound like we'd done something wrong and that our ad was somehow um, offensive. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just another company um, being no, it would reactive. be fine if it was a company. I mean, I wouldn't have as much objection. Yeah. The point, you know, companies aren't required mm. to be politically neutral in the way mm. that, that the yeah. med services. I wrote to Brad Monaghan, who is the head of comms and um, and according to the med services media line, um, is in charge of these social media and almost certainly signed off on that statement. Mm. And, 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 and this is an invite to you, Brad, to come on this podcast and defend your actions. Because, frankly, it is when you look up the dictionary definition of a bigot and holding uh, uh, a negative views on the basis of political opinion or being a part of a particular um, ethnicity or, um, or sexual group, for example, you know, that is bigot. Mm. And yet that is exactly the treatment that Speak Up For Women are getting all over, all over town. And it is now becoming more common for people to use that term for groups they disagree with and I just think we have to turn it back on them because that is what it is to for what met service to come out so one-sided and accept or by by um, implying that they accepted those terrible terms that were um, thrown at you 
Mm. is outrageous and the word is bigoted. And I, mm. I know I'm going out on a limb. You don't have to agree with me. But um, I'd like to hear from the Met, from a spokesperson for the Met Service or Brad Monaghan to to hear them defend making that statement. But, of course, they've gone to ground. Um, they haven't, won't return my calls or emails, but uh, we will keep trying. I've written to um, their CEO, Stephen Hunt, and, look, all we want is Speak Up for Women. We would just like them to clarify their statement uh, in exactly the same way that Dunedin City Council originally agreed, you know, or appeared to agree with people on Twitter characterising us as, you know, bigots and hateful um, and saying that they'd banned us. And they then subsequently clarified their position that they don't take any political views and that they would, you know, that they had um, only acted on the concerns of health and safety uh, for us. <laughs> uh, and so... Um, in the same way, I'd just like the Met Service to be honest that maybe they got this one wrong um, and that, um, you know, uh, yes, they're within their rights not to run our ads, but that's not no, that's no fault on us because uh, the way they've made it look like it's, you know, it's something we've done. So, yeah, I'd love to hear them respond to you or to me or to, to anyone. Um, I'm sure they've gone to ground to work out their response. So hopefully we hear from them tomorrow. Well, that's a, that's a very good place to leave it. Beth Johnson, uh, whether we agree with you or not, you're uh, clearly motivated uh, to participate in or further a healthy political debate. I wish you the best of luck and thank you for joining the Free Speech Union podcast. Thanks. Cheers, Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Free Speech Union podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or find out how you can get involved or support, you can head on over to fsu.nz or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Ka kite anō.